Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 174 of the WW Bro Podcast with me, your host, Anthony DiDomenico, coming to you live every Monday night, Facebook Live, as well as Instagram at ComicAnthonyD. But as always, the podcast is available at www.bropodcast.podbean.com, as well as on iTunes. And while you're there, please do not forget to five-star rate and review. I love reading and sharing the reviews. If you follow me on Instagram, you see last Monday, that actually was my motivational Monday post, was uh, a rate and review from a podcast listener. So definitely go check that out. This Wednesday, there will be a bonus episode on the Patreon page. That's right, you're getting two this month. I do at least one bonus episode a month. To become a member, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. become a member, and you'll have all the access to all the bonus episodes as well as the upcoming ones. So definitely go and check that out. Best protein bar out there is Built Bar. I don't just say that because uh, they're a sponsor. I say that because I, I eat one every day. They're absolutely delicious. Between three to five smart points, if you're on WW, you could use code Podcast and save yourself 10% at BuiltBar.com. And while you're in the buying mood, head over to SailAwayCoffee.com. Get yourself some Nitro Brew and use code WWBRO10 to save money. That's right. I'm saving you guys a bunch of money, so definitely go check that out. But I really want to get to my guest tonight because uh, I'm really excited about this one. I always like when I have uh, fellow comedians on because it's a little different kind of show, a little more loose, and uh, this one I think should be really fun. I want to bring on uh, my good friend, Chris Monty. Chris, how you doing tonight, buddy? Hey. There he is. Hey, round of applaud. Look at that. Thank you, Anthony, for having me. I'm no good. No problem. I, I know the game just started, so you can probably... No, that's more. okay. I'm not going to look at the game. I'm a guest on the show. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to watch the game. You could, you could do the show. I'll, I'll watch the game. All right. So uh, if you don't know Chris Monty, you have to give him a follow on Instagram, Chris Monty Live. And uh, I've known Chris since I started doing comedy 11 years ago. Wow, 11 years already? 11 years. In March, it was 11 years. Wow, we just took the diapers off you then. Yeah. You say 10 years is when you become an adult in comedy. And so we just took those, those huggies, just came off. Just took them off, which is crazy. Think about like how, how fast that went. It well, it felt fast for you, but for the rest of us, <laughs> <laughs> it was a long decade. It was a long decade, and you're—I think you were actually the one that to, that coined the phrase "Mr. Unpleasant." Was it you or Joe? It was either me or Joe Starr. It was probably probably both of us. But uh, Anthony is the nicest guy via text <laughs> or phone call or a Facebook message or something like that. But or in person, he just sometimes turns into a uh, a DB and. Uh, you know, he's, he's gonna, no one believes that. That's that's the funny. No one thing. believes it because they, you know, because you, who really <laughs> hangs out with you? You just said I'm the first person that's ever entered the studio. No, no, I didn't say it was the first person to enter the studio. There's people in the studio. I said I just don't have too many people, and it's not even the pandemic. I don't. I didn't like being around people before the. Exactly. See, so how can you say you're pleasant down. if you don't like being around people? You could be pleasant and not want to be around people. Okay. But I, I was. It's funny because like um, I I had McKenna on the show before, and at my birthday show, he went up on stage and told all these stories about me and people still didn't believe him. Right. About nice stories or bad stories? All stories about me. So about things real I've stories. done, real stories. Yeah. yeah. The real stories out there. It's all true. It's all true. There you go. Uh, but that, I always think that's funny. And I took that, you know, that was like for a while that I ran with that, the Mr. Unpleasant. And I, I like that, that name. Well, we also call you Mr. Pleasant too, Mr. because Pleasant, you know, yeah. you, you bounce, but we met Pleasant as a, as like, uh, sarcasm, as like they called, you know, Don Rickles, uh, Mr. Warmth. 
Yeah. We would call Anthony Mr. Pleasant because he was the opposite of that. He was just nasty and always uh, had a bad attitude. I don't know what I was, not always nasty. You had, so you had nasty comments. You always had a wise ass remark, and then you always were in a dumps about something. But I'm glad to see that you're pulling yourself out, and your motivation is 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 shining. And you and you, I'm following you on your podcast, and I'm following all your posts, and I'm you make me hungry with the meals you post. But I, I'm glad to see you taking a positive. That, you know, now I'm going to call you Mr. Positive. What do you mean in the dumps about something? You're always dad. There's always some broad that broke your heart or <laughs> some comic you couldn't stand. You know, there was always some guy that wouldn't book you for a show. And, you know, every, the world was against you. And it was always like that. It was like every time I was on a show, if I saw Anthony's minivan parked out front, <laughs> I'd walk in and go, ugh, I got to listen to this for a half hour. This guy's oh, bringing me down. That's not nice. It's Well, you weren't nice, but it's nice to see that now you, you've got yourself... You pulled yourself up out of bootstraps, and you and you being positive. You got all your wrestling championship. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he's a wrestling champion. He's got belts all over this room. He's he's got four belts, so he must be doing good. Yeah, I, I won all those belts. No, what do you mean? First of all, I'm a, let's take it back because I'm a little I'm a little hurt actually. <laughs> Why are you hurt? I'm telling the truth. I'm giving you I'm giving you accolades for being and so I, and good. I, now. I don't have a minivan anymore. I used to have the green. Step Burt Reynolds on his GPS. And uh, Bert would say, uh, make a left here. That's right. Chris was actually the first comic to ever take me on the road with him. That's right. So, See how nice I was to him? For somebody who can't stand me and how no. miserable I was. I'm the only one that could stomach you for a three-hour drive. It wasn't the rest, bad. The, the other comics were like, yeah, I ain't taking Anthony. I got to drive That's, to Pennsylvania with him and back. I did say about one <laughs> Here's the truth about one comic. Um, we were booked on the same show New Year's Eve. And, you and I? No, me oh. and this other comic. That at the time, we didn't really get along. And... Someone said to me, are you going to drive with them? I said, I would rather uh, get out and walk the whole way than be in a car with this person for five minutes. Let's guess who that comic is. Uh, we're not going to guess who it is. Right. We're friends. Everybody's friends now. All right. So I know who it is. We're, we're all friends now. I mean, we're, all, we're always friends. We're always friends, but sometimes, you, you know. Our community is a, is a ball-busting community. So if, you're, if your chops get broken, it's because you're liked. If your chops don't get broken... We don't like you, and you were always. Okay. Everybody always liked you, even though you were unpleasant at times. But everybody always looked out back. for you and and broke your chops because they did. I no, tough it, love. I gave it back. That's all I did. You did, but sometimes you know you were a little nasty, a little over the line. <laughs> you know, you look to you look to put a knife in where they were just trying to poke with a like a stick. <laughs> Gotta go for you it. You Sicilian, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that comes out. See, sometimes with with you know. He had that venom every once in a while. I wasn't venom. I, listen. Okay, it, but now listen, that's past, and now you're, you're. It's it's still there when it needs to be. Let's put it that way. I mean, it never goes away. It came out of Starbucks today. That's it. Oh, what happened at Starbucks? So uh, I'm online for my cold brew. Cold and, brew. Uh, yeah. I can't drink cold coffee. But anyway, go ahead. Well, you know what? I don't like to put now that I you know, especially I'm trying to really get back on track again. I don't like to put anything in here like you're sugar. off dairy and sugar. I'm not off dairy. I just. I don't like to put like uh, even right. I'll a put almond thing. milk in there sometimes, but right. I, I just like to have. I, you know, it goes great with a cigar. If you're having a cigar, I would like it hot black though, not not cold. Okay. I'm just not cold. I can drink iced tea. I just can't drink. I iced never coffee. thought I would like cold black coffee either. Right, and then I got into like nitro brew and cold brew. It's a different kind of brew to it, so it's not just like cold coffee. It's an actual different kind of brew. Right, but I don't know the whole science of it. I'm not gonna pretend to know the science of it. Anyway, I digress. So I'm online at Starbucks, Please. and. There's a person in front of me, and this 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 I hate more at a drive through than anything else. And I don't know if anybody's with me on this one. When the person doesn't drive up enough so you can get to the window to order, 
Oh, to the, the watering uh, mechanism. So you ever see that, like, you know, where they, they don't pull up enough, like right. they're afraid to get... That's the whole There's point. a car in front of them, but they have plenty of space to move up. But they're thinking, like, they're at a stoplight where they got to be, like, right. you know... And now you got the woman going, uh, next, I take yeah, your order, like, and you're like, um, I can't see... They're like, your order, board. your order, what would you like, sir? What? I'm trying to say, like, can I get a venti cold... And, like, they're not hearing it. So I look up, and she's not moving up because she's busy with, like, you know, like driving. She's... On the phone. Trying to take a picture of her dog that's hanging out the window. Oh, so did you beep and get... Out I of- yelled. I said, oh, let's go. Move it up. What are we doing here? You said it just like that? Yeah. Very, very New Yorkish, very <laughs> Long Islandish. And she had California plates, too. So oh, she's like, probably like, oh, these New She's Yorkers. like, I've been in New York for five minutes already. And I, then, like, she ordered... What she ordered was, a, a, they call it a doggy chino. You ever see it? Is that for the dog? It's a cup of whipped cream for the dog. So then she's see, in that the, makes me sick. So then she's in the car, like... Not moving up now because she's giving the dog the whipped cream. Like, why don't you pull up? Go park and feed the dog. Park and feed the dog. Yeah. Right. So am I unpleasant for that? No, but it came. No, out. that deserved the all the unpleasant that pleasantness that Anthony DiDomenico could could build up from the bottom of his gut. It comes up a little bit. I mean, you know, that would it, aggravate me too. Yeah, just like you know, just move up a little bit. I'm just trying to get my coffee. I just want to come home and I wanted to have. I wanted to fit a cigar in before the game started. Oh, the cigars are no good, Anthony. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, who comes, who's talking? I brought him one. If I must have had like 20 with you over the years as well. More yeah. than that, probably. And you only started smoking them later on. No, I've always, I got into it more. Right. But I always would have one here and there. Um, and then, you know what it was? Um, I'm trying to think how I got back into it really again. I think a, a buddy of mine had given me. A, a, a cigar at work, mm-hmm. and I I sat out one. Day, I'm like, you know, why don't I just do this? I like this. It's relaxing. <laughs> and then I got it's not I, healthy for us, but it's relaxing. Uh, you know what? I don't drink. I I don't. I know. I don't smoke uh, cigarettes. Nope, I, I don't. Do I. I don't really. Eat, I don't eat anymore. What, what am I gonna have? Can I have one? You thing? need a vice. You need can I, a vice. Can I have one thing that, that you know? Absolutely. It's you know. It's you know. It probably kill you just like all the other things would. I mean, it's a. I could walk into the middle of the street and get hit by a bus. Exactly. That's what I say. So I got into it more over the... I was into it more when I was younger. Like, my, my, my dad got into it in, in the 90s. And... Um, in the 90s, you were like 12. <laughs> no. No, in the 90s, I was actually... I graduated high school in the 90s. Oh, wow. I graduated high school in 97. So I started smoking cigars around that time. Right. No, at Senior Cut Day, I actually had a cigar. Everybody smoking cigarettes and, and pot and everything else. And I, I, I had an Onyx... Uh, huge cigar. Churchill. Huge Churchill Onyx cigar. Um... So anyway, so I just got into it more. And then, like, you know, being last year, there was nothing really going on. You smoke a cigar every day. You had to be locked down in your house. Locked down in the house. So, you know, I just uh, got into it more. And it's relaxing. And it, calm, it actually, it's a stress reliever for me. Um, makes me a little more pleasant, as they say. We can always use more of that. So I think you, people will be in favor of that. The world needs more pleasant Anthonys. I think, I think they do. And it's, I'm just happy that shows are opening back up again. Uh, yes, like I said, I'm working. I got a few shows this week, and it's just nice to be get some money and be in front of an audience and and you know get your because more so for my mindset. I got so depressed during the pandemic. That I just I tell my wife it's not just about making money; it's about my personal mental health. That was your escape. This is what no, not my escape. It was my livelihood. I did it. I, 23 years I'm doing this, and for since 2003, I've been doing it full time. So you know when it, when everything shuts down, I have no job. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. hopefully collecting unemployment, which I don't want to do. And then you know what I do is what I do, and I'm used to you know my schedule's crazy. Yeah. When I'm working, I'm busy five nights, six nights a week. I'm on the road in Atlantic City with a six nighter in Vegas for four nights. I'm I'm always out on the road. So you take a guy that's lived on the road, and by the way. 
it does help my marriage. It does, because I'm not home 24 hours a day with my wife 24 hours a day, which is, we love each other, it's great, but that's enough to make anybody, you know, go nuts. I think anybody needs a break. And uh, they scored. And um, so me being away uh, for a few days a week, you look forward to coming home. You look forward to, but I do, you know, I do have a blessing in disguise because I, I, the pandemic hit. My daughter is her first year of her life. She's going to be turning two in a couple weeks. I got to see her first steps. I got to see her first words so i i got so much time with my daughter that i would have missed had there not been a pandemic so okay. that's so, the blessing that i'm grateful for every day so you're doing this 23 years you said 23 years well 1998 i began my career so wow. uh what is that how many years is that that's 23 or 24 I you're asking the wrong person for math you don't do math either uh no. 18 was 20 so <laughs> 21 20 uh right 18 so uh 19, 20, 21 is 2021. So July 19th will be my 23rd anniversary. July 19th. My, mine was uh, 11 years on May 31st. I'm, not, I'm sorry. That's Mar- coming. March 31st. Oh, March 31st. No, March 31st. Okay. I, I have it tattooed on me, so I don't forget. Um, no, don't worry. We won't forget. So you got into it. 1998, you decide, I'm going to do stand-up comedy. Like, what was, what was your original goal when you got into it at the time? Like, what was, like, you... <laughs> well, I wanted to. I wanted to perform ever since I was a kid. I was one of those living room performers, you know. I, I'd put on shows at parties um, and stuff like that. So when I got to be a teenager and I was in high school, my parents kind of discouraged show business because they were like they didn't want to be show business parents. All they heard of was all these kids in show business always had these messed up lives. Like you know, uh, what's his name, uh, the kid from uh, you know, what are you laughing? Todd at? Bridges, like Todd Bridges, Gary Coleman. They were, you know, Emmanuel Lewis. Okay. These kids had, these, uh, they, they had drug problems. Their parents stole from them. What are you laughing at? I just think it's funny. that. Why is it funny? These kids had serious You're telling jokes in your living room and your parents are worried about Well, they kids. were worried about me going to be professionally doing it. Okay. They didn't want I, me, as you know. As a kid, you wanted to, like. As prof- a child, I wanted to get into acting and, and comedy and everything. But my aunt wanted to take me in. Uh, she knew people in, uh, in the industry. Okay. And she wanted to get me an agent for commercials and for stuff like that. My parents were like. We don't have time to drag him to auditions. We have jobs. Like, yeah. we, you know, so they discouraged it. Well, that you got to leave with that. I mean, I'm just saying it's funny. You tell I'm just it. saying they, they also said they would, that's what they're, they, they would, uh, that, that's how they rationalized it to me. When okay. I would say, why won't you let me be in show business? They'd say, you don't know all these problems that these, that Gary Coleman has, Coleman and, has. The, and then they all have. And I'm like, all right, well, I didn't understand that answer because I was like, it doesn't mean, I said, I was raised right. It doesn't mean I'm going to be a drug addict. That's or, true. So anyway. Years go on, and then I get into my 20s, and I've had every job imaginable that I just hated. And so I was like, what am I doing? I was 25, and I go, I just want to do what I want to do with my life. So I started doing open mics, which were a nightmare because, you know, when you're brand new and you have barely any material, and the audience doesn't really care about you. Nope. Uh, I did all kinds of open mics, too. I did open mics where there were musicians, poems, and then comics, and the comics always die at those events. Oh, my God. I did so many of those. Horrible. Um, and then I, I got turned on to Peter Bales and Stand Up University and Rich Walker and all those guys. I met them. And um, to this day, Peter's still my mentor and my uh, my first teacher in comedy. And and uh, I started doing comedy around 25, 26 years old. And that was it. I, that was, I was off to the races after that. I had structure. Peter gave me the structure of this is how you mm-hmm. write. This is how you fan out material. This is how you add stuff on. This is how you present yourself on stage. And he told me, the, you know, dress nice for a show. Show up a half hour early. And the most important thing, which I've been trying to bestow upon this young man for years since I met him, is be nice to everybody you meet because you nobody wants to work with a jerk. I'm nice to Even him. if you don't like them, be nice to everybody. I'm nice to don't people. Don't say bad things. 
Don't uh, did they score again, or is that just a replay? That's just a replay. Uh, I feel like my grandmother. They scored again. Some some guy, you know, that's a good off topic. But a guy, a drunk guy, did it the lousy other night. He's like, "Oh my god, happened again!" Yeah, he's yelling at the thing. That would be my grandmother. We were watching TV. They'd score, and then they'd show the replay. And she'd say, "We got another one." What well, who's got to throw the digs in to tell us, you know, about not being nice? So. I tell every comic that. I'm just saying, I told you that in the beginning. That's all. I'm nice to people. Yeah. You, okay. I don't know how you are to people. You're nice to me. I'm nice to you. That's yes, all that matters. That's all that counts when I'm here. But <laughs> nothing. So that's how I got started in show business. It was I'm 23 fight, years I'm, ago. I didn't say you mentioned a name. I didn't say anything here. I'm being nice. And then nice. Uh, a few years into that, I met you. And here we are today. <laughs> and you have a podcast and a video and everything, and I don't have that. So you're doing better than me. I mean, anybody can have a video. You just go live on a thing. I, mean, I, I could, like but I don't have all this fancy equipment you have with the mixing board and, you know, the. <laughs> I have the tripod and I have, you know, a laptop. That's it. No, and if you're watching on Instagram, I have it on Chris because he has a guest tonight, so you guys should definitely see the guest. Usually when they, I have a phone and you don't see the guest, so tonight I figured uh, we'll put the camera on, on Chris. Thank now, you. So what I went to say is, like, you know, you when you got into comedy, when you, when you first started, did the open mics and everything, but what did you see long-term for yourself at that point? I, my, I made it a goal. I made goals every year. I, every year I had to have a goal. And I'd set a obtainable goal. Like this year, I would say, you know, I want to start getting more paid spots. Okay. And then the next year would be, I want to start getting paid MC weekends in clubs. And then it was, I want to become a feature. This year, I want to work really hard on getting to be able to become a feature. Maybe not full-time feature, but at least featuring half the time and in, in MCing like that. So I'd make goals like that. But I knew uh, originally my long-term goal was, and believe it or not, my long-term goal in the beginning was never to be rich and famous and then never to be like get a sitcom or whatever like that if that came that would be icing on the cake my goal was i wanted to be a working comedian and actor who could support himself in this business without struggling with being able to live comfortable yeah and uh and i think i've obtained that goal i mean i'm 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 you know i'm doing this like i said for 23 years and before i met my wife i'm living in a beautiful apartment very nice that i could afford and now my wife and i have a house and we have a beautiful home and which I have to have you over for a back patio cigar night. Yes. And I'll make, some, Godfather. Uh, I'll make some of my homemade black bean burgers. Okay. If you like that nice, uh, you know. I like everything. I'll make sliders. I'll make sl- and, sliders. And uh, with some Swiss cheese. I don't like Swiss cheese. Oh, uh, whatever cheese you like. I can anyway, have. whatever you're allowed to have that day. I can have anything. I know, I know. I don't Wait, know why. Point it's breaking your chops. Anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, we get um, off into tangents. Yeah, we do because we're just we're old housewives. No, what I'm saying, you know, when I people when I have comedians on, a lot of people don't understand why I do and what I've taken from comedy is actually a lot what I put into weight loss and everything else. It's like you just said right there, the small goals. So you take that small goal of like you know when you first start, you're like, like me, I have I'm about halfway through my journey where I have to be, you know, and so when I first started, I was like, okay, I want to get to this point, then I want to get to that point, then I get to this point. And when so if you first started doing comedy, like first night and like, okay, I want to be a working comedian over here, TV and everything else, you can't make that leap from one end to the other. It's that you got to have all those small mountains along the way. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it's discipline, just like it takes with yeah. Weight Watchers. It's discipline. So I, uh, you got to, you know how it is. You got now some guys, you've seen guys that are geniuses. Yes. But they just have no discipline whatsoever. And we can name a thousand comedians often that are just geniuses, but they have no discipline. And a lot of times with those types of comedians, they don't get the business side of things. And yeah. they don't work as much because they have no business sense. They can't sit down 
in a meeting with somebody or they can't talk to a booker because they just don't have the wherewithal. They have no discipline. They don't return phone calls. They don't return emails. So that's another part of this business. I learned both the business and the creative side of the business. Um, and, and those have to go hand in hand. And not every guy, not every guy and, and girl can do that. So sometimes people need help. They need a yeah. manager, they need an agent, somebody to look out for them. I, you know, acted as my own agent and manager uh, for a very long time. Now I have acting agents, but as far as stand-up goes, I freelance with booking agents, and I handle, you know... You still handle most of that stuff? 80% of the load I handle yeah. myself, you know? and um, You like it better that way, or you would like somebody doing well, it for it, you? Well, more money goes into my pocket that way, because, you know, the agents, will, they'll dip in for 10%, and you don't know if they're dipping in for 10%, because they may say the job pays $1,000, but the job really pays 2000 so now they pay you 1000 <laughs> and then they take another 100 on top of that for a commission. So you got you to find somebody who's trustworthy. But I, I would always think, like, in that situation, you would know what it's paying, like, up front. I, I don't know. I guess Nine out of 10 times I know what the gig pays. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll call guys out when I when I say, oh, you want to do this gig for $300? And I go, I, I did it last year, and it was 1500 So where's, where's, where would that money go, you know? you know? And guys will do that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um. But yeah, so it's it's all discipline and it's all, you know, getting up every day and and what am I going to do today? When I get up in the morning, like you get up in the morning and you say, yeah. what's my goal for today with Weight Watchers and meals and exercise? And I should be doing the same thing. I've been trying to eat it healthier and, and, and lose a few pounds. Now, but I put on COVID weight. Can't really see it because I'm right. I'm a thin guy, but oh, it's still all went COVID. to the gut, all went to the man boobs. Yeah. The, I know, the, the, suits, the suits don't fit as nicely as they used I know. to. You see the suits he wears. So, uh, skinny, skinny suits that he wears. But, uh, <laughs> or I also, when I wake up in the morning, I say, what am I going to do for my career today? Okay. You know, and then I, I have a list of things. Email so-and-so, call so-and-so, post so many videos or pictures on, and so, cause that's what you have to do now. You have to be on social media constantly. It's annoying. It's, it's changed. I mean, it's, I think the business has changed in that aspect, especially this last year. But even before then, it was starting to go that way with, YouTube and, you know, um, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, and these people that, you know, I'm not trying to say people aren't talented, but they're not comedians to me. Like they're not like comics. Like you come up to the clubs and and you make your bones that way. I mean, now you you put a Snapchat filter on your face, you do a funny voice and now you're a comedian to me. That's not. Can you hold an audience for 45 minutes to an hour? That's the thing. You know, a guy like that or a girl like that, that gets famous on, Twitch or, or Instagram or whatever yeah. it is, whatever social media platform it is, they go viral and all of a sudden, boom, they're great. Now all of a sudden they're selling tickets out at a local club and you go and see them and most people walk away and go, like 10 minutes of it was funny and the rest of it was like, what the hell's going on? I'll give you an example. Like a because buddy, they now have the 20 years experience yeah, out there on the road. A buddy of mine book shows and he's starting, now that everything's coming live again, we're going to be back in clubs and venues. Somebody reached out to him that wanted to do the show. So he goes, okay, send me a tape. And it was all Zoom, it was all Zoom shows. So he was like, well, do you have anything of you on at a comedy club on stage? And she goes, no, I just started this year. Ugh. Like started comedy in the pandemic. Imagine right. in the pandemic doing comedy. They never like, really worked in front of a true live so audience. Now how do you get in front of an audience now? And like, because I think the biggest adjustment was, I mean, especially over this year that, that you had to make. And I, I didn't do any Zoom shows because I, I, to me, I couldn't, I just wasn't comedy to me. But again, I'm in a different spot. I have a day job. You know, I fell back on that a little bit. But so you, this is, your, I had to this is how you them. eat. This is how you feed your family. I had to take them. What was the biggest adjustment to now going from a stage to now doing the Zoom shows? Timing, because there's a there's a slight delay in response. Mm-hmm. Um, or when they have their mics off or the cameras off. 
And you're like, you're looking at, you're looking at just a blank, you know, monitor. Yeah. And I would, I would encourage people when they hired me, I go, please have your camera on or at least your microphone so I can hear you laughing. And if you if you think something's funny, laugh because it'll, it'll feed the show. It'll make the flow go better. But, um, from my first one to the last one I've done, and I just told you before we started tonight, I booked two more coming up in August because the organizations are raising money for, um, uh, special need children and stuff in oh, the Ronald good. McDonald's house yeah. and six kids. And they just don't want to, they're not ready to be in a big crowded theater yet. Yeah. They just want to feel like they want to be safe. So that's fine. Um, and I'm going to do a show for them, but um, the timing of it. And then what I did was I got professional about it. I did a couple shows with a couple of the comedians and they asked me to be on and I watched all of them and they all did their sets sitting at a desk in like a t-shirt with like, you know, their kids <laughs> walking around behind them. And what I did was, I put up a curtain, okay. I got a spotlight, I got a mic stand, I got a stool, I had my drink, I put on my suit, and I did the show like I would do the show. They're paying me money to do the show. I'm going to yeah. give them the, the full Monty, for, forgive the expression. I'm going to give them the full show. And then my brother-in-law got involved. He's got the lights, camera, action. He's got all the equipment. He's got a, he can put make his 70-inch screen TV the monitor in which I can watch the crowd. Okay. And I would go to his living room where he'd come to mine and we'd set everything up. And the shows were fantastic. And I would get some shows where I had Chris Roach came to my house and did a show. And uh, I'm doing one with Rich Walker coming up in the, in the summer. So I got better at them. I don't um, I don't love them still. I now that yeah. especially now that I'm going back out and, and hitting the theaters and the clubs, it's night and day. Well, you made the best of it. I mean, like you, I that's the first I ever heard that somebody with the Zoom shows. Everybody I know just gets in front of the camera and, like you said, will be like this and just does their act and you know kind of right. phones it in a little bit. You actually like, no, um, I'm going to make it look good. I didn't have a green screen, but I had curtains and I put the curtains up and we made it look like a comedy club in that little area. And, you know, you kind of look forward to it like all day long. You walk around the house, you're like, oh, I got a show tonight, you know? And I told my wife, "Uh, I'm going downstairs to the basement to do my show. That's what I'm saying. Not only for the crowd, for you, it had to be like, okay, this is an adjustment that you're making to make yourself feel better. Right. I wanted to be professional about it, you know, and especially not for nothing. I made some decent paychecks. You know, some some companies paid some decent money because they, they, need, they needed entertainment. That was entertainment for you. You know, and I did, dude, I did a governor's hired me to do a Christmas party. It was the weirdest thing. The guy calls me on a Zoom meeting and he yeah. goes, uh, we can't have our Christmas party for the company this year, but we have, we're having our end of the year meeting and uh, everybody's going to be on and everybody's going to be allowed to drink and eat food and whatever at the house. And I want to have you come on and can you do a half an hour? And I was like, yeah, fine. So they hired me and they paid me good. But I was like, that was the first one I did. And I did that one sitting down from my table, but I still put the governor's logo behind me. Yeah. Uh, and I said to the guy, I can stand to make this a show. And he goes, "Make don't make it a show. He goes, sit down from where you are because I want to tell them that you're just like somebody from HR. Oh, okay. You know? I got it. I got and it. I said, oh, I don't do put on comedy. He goes, no, no, no. You're going to do your act. <laughs> I want you to do, just go into your act as a normal conversation. And they're all going to react like, what the hell is this guy? Whatever. And it actually worked. It actually worked out very well. They were Then halfway through, I told them, I'm a comedian. They hired me. You yeah. know, and I did my act. But f- from that moment on, I didn't want to do my show sitting down because I, I don't sit down on stage. No, you don't. You know, and uh, I just, I wanted to do it standing up. So I, I made that, uh, you know, and then it was like a little, um, a little chore for me. All right, let me find uh, this, this, and this to make the show look better. And my wife always wants to come to my shows. Like, every, every time I got a show, my, my poor wife, she's like Lucy Ricardo. She wants to be in the show all the time, you know? And she's always like, oh, uh, you, where are you going this weekend? And I'd be like, I'm one of the Poconos. And my wife go, oh, think I can come with you? And I'm like, no, who's going to watch the baby for two nights? Your mother? You can't do that to your mother. You can't come. <laughs> but then when I had the shows at home, when I was doing them in the basement, I'm, there, like, yeah. I'm like, honey, you can come to my show tonight if you want. <laughs> well, that was good. Did your daughter actually get to watch you stay, do stand-up? No. Every time I did a okay. show, I would have... 
um, I would have, if I did it at my house, which was rare, I did most of them at my, at my brother-in-law's house, but if I did them at my house, I would have, I would ask my mother-in-law if she could watch the baby till I was finished, only okay. because my daughter's not, she's a toddler and she's not going to be quiet and I didn't want a baby, I didn't want the unprofessionalism yeah. of a baby screaming in the background. No, but I was going to say, like, that'd be cool, like, you know, just you'd... show her. Well, you should get to see you do, you know, what you do. It's yeah. Like, you know. I brought her on stage in 2019 before the pandemic. Oh, okay. Uh, she's not going to remember it, but I have it on film. Uh, and I'm sure she'll be uh, hitting the stage again with like, me. That's going to be like the coolest moment for me is when my, my nephews and my niece can see me do stand-up. Like, that'll be like, you know, a really cool moment. Cause they, they hear, Just don't they, make fun of them in the act. They're going to go, I hate you, Uncle I Anthony. I do already. They, they, <laughs> they, they're, they're very prominent because, in, in, well, one, they, they write itself. They, I mean, they really write their own material. Right. It's just... It's like my wife. I make fun of my wife a lot in my act, and it's like she's like, "Oh, you you should give me part of your paycheck because I, <laughs> I, I I give you so much material." I said, "You do get part of my paycheck. It goes to the house." Yeah, I mean, you got, you're living in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How'd you like that uh, that meatloaf I made tonight? That was yeah. that was from my act. That was from the joke about you. You know, <laughs> yeah. you break my balls about this. But no, I mean, it's 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 great that you're able to do the Zoom shows and everything. I just never, you know, what it is. I decided instead of doing Zoom, I'm going to focus more on podcasting. I was guest on people's podcasts. Um, I did better this at one, it, maybe. You know, you're more comfortable. I yeah, I mean, this was like you know, for me, it was a second second nature for me just to do this. And then I started the Patreon page, doing bonus episodes. You know, um, when I have guests and everything, so it was just. Um, Oh my god, we lost. I lost John here for a second, but we can keep talking. Um, my audio still there? No, the uh, what do you call it? Uh, your uh, picture's gone. Oh man, it's better that That's way. That's right, it is better that way. Nobody wants to see my face <laughs> as long as I see you. No, it's okay. We'll get. I'll get you back on. But anyway, what I was saying is, um, you know, it's just like you know, for for me, like the, the the Zoom thing just weirded me out. Like it was like, I just I, I couldn't. I couldn't fathom because I did Zoom for WW, and I was like, I can't be in front of like it was just weird to me. I I, I need like that center, right? right. Me personally, come, I, maybe it's my own insecurities. No, a lot of own. come out. A lot of comedians. I got shows where I needed. They said, "You want to bring on somebody to open for you or something," and I would call guys that would be like, "You know what? I just can't do it, Chris. I just can't do it." And I was like, "All right, if you're uncomfortable, I'd rather not put you in that situation." Yeah. I listen. I hated doing it. I I was. My my stomach would be in knots all day before the show. And my wife's like, relax, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I go, it's not that I'm not confident that I'm funny. I go, I've been doing this for 20 some odd years. It's just that it's a whole different outlet now. And I am just squeamish about, yeah. you know, doing it on on my phone or whatever, I, whatever you know, I was using. So, um, and like I said, I'm not at the show. Look, I did a wedding yesterday, okay? I did a on wedding. On Zoom? No. Oh, in person. In person. Now, a wedding is something, when anybody calls me and they go, hey, we want you to do our wedding, I say, no, you don't. <laughs> I go, I'm a funny comedian and I'm 100% confident in my talent, yeah. but nobody wants a comedian at their damn wedding. You, people want to talk, they want to drink, they want to dance, they haven't seen certain people in a long time. They don't want some stranger interrupting the wedding to talk for a half an hour. So what happened was I had done the bridal shower for this. It's a friend of mine's daughter and I'd done the bridal shower. We did it last year during the pandemic. It okay. was 50 people spread out at a big hall for the bridal shower. And that went fine. And then what happened was they got married in October of 2020. They were only allowed to have 50 people. So yesterday was just the party. 
Okay. It just did the party. So it was just DJ, food, dancing, whatever. And it was at the Riviera in Massapequa, a beautiful venue. Very nice. Very nice Very venue. Nice. I know the, the people that run the place are wonderful. And so I went there. But even that, even that, walked into it a little squeamish because it's not where we belong. You're taking yeah. the comedian out of his natural habitat, which is a nightclub or a theater or a casino, and you're dropping him into a fishbowl. Well, I have Saturday. I'm doing a private show in someone's backyard. That will probably be good, though, because you've done those. It will, and it's for an old boss of mine, so I started like already writing down like all the things that like she's yelled at me about that I can kind of oh, like, yeah, you know, get, cool. get back, you know, kind of, but like, it's just funny, it, it, but to me, it's still, it's a little out of my element. You'll be nervous going into it, but once you get the first couple laughs, you'll be, yeah, you know, gloves I, will be I off. haven't done an outside show like that, you know, in somebody's backyard, a private gig in a while, so I'm, I'm, I'm first of all, I'm happy that it's, it's working again. Right, me too. I'm doing a, actually. Uh, just the guy just told me I'm working this weekend coming up in uh, in the Pocono well, Resorts, it, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, I'm at Pocono Palace on Friday in the Poconos, and I'm at Cove Haven Resort uh, on Saturday, both in the Poconos for Wisecrackers Comedy Club. But the Booker just called me. I just called him. Okay. I was speaking with him to confirm everything, and he said they're doing the shows outside. Are you cool with that? I said I'm, I have no problem with that. I said I've been doing outside shows as long as it doesn't rain or it's not you know forty below. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem doing it outside. So he's like, okay, cool. So just check you know when you get there where the location of the show is going to be because I know where the nightclub is, but I don't know where the yeah. outside thing is going to be. But um, now that's going to be two weekends in a row because next weekend after it, the first weekend in June, I'm also doing an outside backyard event backyard for twenty three yeah. year old twins birthday parties. The father and relatives are throwing the party. Oh, that's going to be fun. So yeah, that's going to be you know. But still, even with those, it's a little. Uh, it's you're out of our, our league a little bit. We can do them. I've done them. I've been doing this long enough. Um, so I can do it. But it's just I'm just grateful to be working again and. Um, and you, you just make the adjustments right now. It's like, I, like I said on, on Twitter yesterday, I said, I'm about to walk into a wedding. Yeah. Um, two years ago, you couldn't get me to accept this gig. But today, I'm 90 oh. minutes early. <laughs> I got there early for the appetizers. I, I, I kind of think I wouldn't have taken this gig Saturday either. Like, it's, it's, right. far, it's far. It's, you know, for someone's birthday. It's an older person's birthday. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there early. I'll come hang out. In 2019, out. I stopped doing house parties, backyard parties. I stopped taking them. And sometimes yeah. it offered me a lot of money. And I'd say, you know what? It's just, it's not worth the aggravation of me driving yes, up. stressing out And then pulling it. in. And you're walking in somebody's house. And you're like a hired clown for them. And there's no respect. That's how I feel. And like you're a setting clown. up the sound. And, you, and you're like, oh, this guy's going to tell. Then, you, then the show's over. And they all want to talk to you. And, you. and you're breaking the speaker down. You feel like a, like a shit. Or it, my favorite thing is when you're done, everyone just goes back to the party. Right. And you're just like. And you're cleaning up the mess you know of the speakers and the microphone or whatever you i know? feel like um you ever watch uh talladega nights yeah when he's being like i don't do it with my hands like yeah. i just don't know what to do i want yeah. to do it myself like i'm just sitting there like i'm like i guess i'll leave now yeah. and like you kind of like just sneaking out the back like that's the- i in 2019 i swore off him i told my agents i said don't even call me with them i'm taking them and then in august of 2020 a, a booker called me and he goes there's an outdoor backyard 50th birthday party uh you know, it's like such and such hundred dollars. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, yes. You know, because I hadn't worked all year, so I go and do it, and it was all women. They had a beautifully catered. They had a bartender oh, set nice. up. It's a beautiful house in Long Island, and I mean, just beautiful girls. You know, like one 
Pretty Little Next. Thanks for the and, invite. Uh, uh, and it was just me and a singer. It was just me and a singer. So the sang. singer sang, and then he took a break, and I did my show, and then he went back to singing. But it was one of the greatest uh, nights. I met, I met my new friend, Joey Pianos, if you're on Long Island. Uh, he plays on sometimes on Friday nights at Borelli's yeah. in, uh, in, was that Uniondale by the Coliseum? Or yes. East Meadow? I think so. Well, uh, it's right, I know where it is. Yeah, right he plays Coliseum. at Borelli's, but you can look up Joey Pianos. He plays a lot of venues on Long Island. He, he does a great uh, Billy Joel tribute and all songs like that. I have he's, to check that out. He's really good. But I met him, and we've been working together ever since, so it was a blessing in disguise. Now that things are opening up again, Joey's giving me work. I'm giving him work. So oh, guys, guys are like, kind of like tag team in it. Yeah, like he gets something where he needs a comedian. He calls me, hey, you want to do this gig on a Sunday yeah. afternoon for a thousand bucks? And I go, yeah, you know, I'm there, you know. Awesome. So things are opening up again, and it just you just make the adjustments. I'm grateful. The pandemic has taught me, you know, like it's taught you, you'd be grateful for the things that were taken away from you. So now you look at it and you go, sure, I'll do a backyard party. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I'm going to make the party fun for people. I'm going <laughs> to spread the laughter. That's what, you, that's what you're doing, right? Now, um, is he getting back to that? Is acting happening still or anymore? Or? Yeah, I mean, I had some auditions in the last couple months. Everything's self-taped now, which is good and bad yeah. because on the old days, you know, you'd get an audition from your agent. They'd call you. They'd say, at 2 o'clock tomorrow, you're such and such. You go down to Manhattan. You go to one of the buildings. You meet the casting director. You do two takes, and they say, okay, thank you, and then they let you know later on if you got it that's it that's that's how that's, it is that's now? pretty much how it yeah. or they'd call you back the director would want to see you in person so they'd go hey you know you got a call back next tuesday three o'clock go see so and so and you'd go and you'd walk into the room and like one of the producers and a director would be there and you'd do the the audition but now because of the pandemic everything is self-taped so they're like hey record the audition yourself <laughs> at home and send that's it in funny. so it's good because you can actually go through a couple takes that you don't like and pick out the ones you like but i always feel like i'm better when the director is giving me instructions and I'm in the room because I'm in the moment. Yeah. I feel like it takes me longer to get through an audition when I tape it myself because I just don't like what I did. But I had a few auditions um, for um, a couple shows. like the Sopranos movie? Mason. You're going to play Junior? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to make the movie, I'm if you're playing watching Junior. On, if you're watching on Instagram or uh, Facebook. He calls me Uncle sense. Junior all the time. He, you are dressed exactly like Junior's brother. I always do that for you. I don't tell when you invite yeah, me. Yeah, okay, for me. Because you always call me him. I met you like that. What do you no, mean? No, you know I wear fedoras <laughs> and I, I dress differently, but you know. It's fedoras. For him, for him, I, I dress like Uncle, Uncle yeah, Junior. Yeah, okay, for me. <laughs> that, I, listen, if you can get a part in that movie, do it. It's, it, looks, it looks amazing. If I can get a part, my agent will get me a scene because she's <laughs> she's very good. And uh, and hopefully Mrs. Maisel, I'm praying for that show because I love that show. That's and, You and, know what? They actually filmed... Um, right by where I work, the the airport, public airport, on Long Island. Yeah, they filmed that show in New York and uh, I think New York and New Jersey. Yeah. So a couple of years, like a year and a half ago, um, probably the summer before the pandemic, uh, somebody had told me about it on Facebook. They saw like a casting thing. They were looking for people who had like you know fifty styles haircuts to show up in like you know and just like jeans and a white t shirt. They were looking for like and it was for the army. They just showed the army barracks. Right. If you watch the first the, the the last season, the first episode, that place, that air that airplane hangar, if you're Long Island, that's Republic Airport. Mm-hmm. That's the airplane museum. And I'm like, how does this go on? And I and I, I pass it sometimes, and you'll see they shoot a lot of things there. A lot, a lot all over. Well, I'm saying at Republic Airport, right. they shoot a lot of scene. I guess a lot of airport scenes, like in the, in the mm-hmm. uh, Irishman, it was the scene Irishman. was filmed there when he goes to take care of Hoffa. Yep, I'm, I'm gonna give anything away. I think everybody knows about this, but. I've seen the movie. If you've if you had four hours to kill, but oh my god, the most you know. But one anyway. word for Scorsese: edit. Yeah, you have an, <laughs> but perfect pandemic movie. In that four hours, just watch it. But they shot it there. 
I see a lot, and you know, now that I see it more than I'm, you know, because I know I pass it every day. Right. You see the trucks and you see. I see the trucks, the hat edge trucks, which is funny because we, we take care of them. You know, their, their equipment always breaks down in Brooklyn. Right. Never breaks down when it's down the block. Right. When the trailers are there, the generators never break down in Farmingdale. Right. It's always when it's in Brooklyn, Manhattan, that, that the generators go down. Of course, that's the guy to have a guy come out. But they film a lot. They film a lot of stuff uh, on Long Island in general. They, they well, Long Island and stuff. Queens. Uh, there's a show on NBC called Manifest. I don't know if you've yeah. ever heard of it or seen I've heard it. Of it. It's about these people who got the plane went into like almost like a time warp and they're, yeah. they're back. And it's a good show. I like it. But anyway, a lot of this, a lot of the uh, the sub the suburb scenes are filmed in like Belrose and Queens Village, yep. which is not far from where I live. And my father-in-law will tell me all the time, oh, there's a movie truck over here. And then uh, I'll look it up and I'll say, no, that's TV. That's that's um, the show Manifest. And he's like, oh, you should get a part in that. I'm like, yeah, let me just walk on yeah. and tell him to put me in. Well, well speaking of Long Island and, and TV and movies and everything, you were actually, uh, you had a part in Mall Cop 2. Oh, here we uh, go. Kevin Jay's movie. <laughs> yes, well, I did. I mean, whatever it is, you were in a featured Hollywood film. I was in a real movie with a real cast, a real uh, star. And I mean, not just a, I mean, a bona fide A-list star. He's in a movie. Star, A-list co-stars, um, A-list director. Uh, Andy Frickman is wonderful. I worked with him again on Kevin Can Wait. Um, and I mean, it was a, it's, it's a, you know, it's, um, it's an Adam Sandler production. Yep. Adam Sandler and Kevin James are partners. So, yep. I mean, you, you look at this, it's, it's a. It's a movie, and I did, a, and I actually did a Scorsese production. I did. I was in Vinyl on HBO. That was yes. produced by by Scorsese and Mick Jagger. That show, which so I'm uh, saying you've been in things. Whatever. I've had some nice things. I've gotten some nice things, and now you I'm don't. Ready. You didn't write the movie. You didn't. You you auditioned. You got I'm the grateful part. for every. That's I didn't even saying. audition. That's the best part about the Kevin James uh, movie. Yeah, he, Kevin called me and said. You want to be in the movie? I have a part for you. I'm like, oh, yes. Uh, hold on, let me see. I think I'm doing Anthony's podcast that night. Um, no, I, I, that was it. He just said, you know, do you want to do a part? And I said, yes. He's uh, Kevin Jane is is one of the greatest guys ever, and I I've shared this story before. I'm going to share it again. Um, he did something for me that he didn't have to do, and it's if I see that one day in the newspaper. Kevin James was kicking puppies. I'm going to say, well, here's he probably had a reason, and I will defend him. <laughs> so. He comes down every once in a while to the clubs and does runs time. Pop a spec, pop, uh, pop in. in for a spot and work on new material. He was doing a new special. He was running, you know, Roach actually opened up for him right. for that. The Netflix so, special. The Netflix specials. He was running time for that. So I get to the club that night. I was actually, I was hanging out with this girl. She came with me. And I got there and they said, okay, Kevin's coming down. He's going to go on after you. So go until you have the light. So they, they knew I could do time in case whatever he right. wasn't there. So I said to her, I said, listen, he's Kevin James is going to come in. I said, you can't ask him for an autograph. Don't ask for a picture. You're here with the comics. Just right. act like you've been here before. So Kevin comes in, whatever. Uh, Joey Cola come, you know, says to Kevin, Kevin, you know, Anthony, right? So Kevin, I don't, I know Kevin, I don't know him like I'm friends with him, but he right. took my hand. He said, yeah, I remember Anthony. And then he goes, who's this? So I introduced the girl. He goes, let me tell you something. Every time I see this kid, funnier and funnier. I said, good. For, he's like, you know. Stick with him, you know, like nice biggest bro move ever. Yeah, oh yeah, like you know, that'll get you a little. Uh, she stopped talking to me Tuesday, but <laughs> not to do with Kevin James though. <laughs> Three days later, nothing to do with Kevin James. Three days later, he stopped talking to me. But I'm just saying, like, he didn't have to do that. Like that to me, right. like that's why I said, if I ever see, like, you know, he's kicking puppies around, I'm like, well, there's a reason these puppies were need had to come into them. But I'm just saying, like, you know, that's I think where we, especially I tell people Long Island and the the, the Long Island comedy, it's community, a family. It's a family that if you're part of this, you're, you know, 
it's your like almost like an initiation type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I tell people that like in the weight loss communities like that too. Like if you're doing this, like you're, cause you're going through the same struggles and right. the same battles and everything. So it's, to, that's why I, I, you know, we, as long on comics, we get shit on a lot by outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. Would you change it? Like come Absolutely up here? Absolutely not. If I had a, if I had to start my career all over again, I'd, be, I wish it was the same exact path that I took because there's a difference. Um, and you look at all the great Long Island comics that have come out of uh, out of here, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a reason for that. There's the guys on the island are, are some of the funniest guys in the business. So and girls as well. So um, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, I mean a lot of like the city guys like to to call us hacks and and this and that and whatever. But like you know, to it's me, hacks everywhere. I mean, I, I'm proud to be from Long Island. I, I like living here. I like performing here. I like the crowds here. Mm-hmm. I mean, smart I, audiences and a Long Island audience is smart because they'll they'll let you get away with. If you're a celebrity and you come here, like you can go anywhere, Pennsylvania, yeah. mid, Midwest, whatever. Celebrity comes in, a guy like Kevin James or a guy like you know Chris Rock or somebody pops in, they just got to say anything and they go nuts. Long Island will give you about three minutes and then, then they're like, "All right, we'll left. clap for you as hard as we can because we love you." But now be funny, like they they won't. There's no BS yeah. for a Long Island audience. Well, I think here is, and also I think what was great coming up here is that when I started to do shows off of Long Island, like you know, in different states and cities and stuff like that, it's kind of like you're almost performing to the same kind of people as far as working class. This is their night out, so like right. you, ha- you know, they're like, "Well, make me laugh." It's not like you know, right. Like They're not going to give you this, the Broadway standing ovation just because they paid two hundred dollars for the ticket. Just because, yeah, they're they coming through or like they're, they're walking through Times Square and somebody barks them into a building or anything. This is their night out. They got a sitter. They've you know right. they've made plans. Maybe they had dinner. Now yeah. they're going to the club and they want to laugh and they want to have a good time. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I agree with you hundred percent there. And I think it made me as a, a stronger comic. And I, a few people I know that you know now open for like you know national headliners for the same thing. Like the reason I could do this. Is because like when I first started getting spots, like when I first started getting spots, it was Thursday Sunday spots, and you're in front of a packed house mm-hmm. on a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser show, whatever it is, but you're in front of a, a real crowd. It was right. like going from like you said the open mics, and you sort of started doing these open mics. Like people don't realize what these open mics are. And when I first started doing open mics, it was just comics. Like it was and just comics don't laugh at all the comics, and they're just writing their notes. They're getting ready to go on stage and do right. their. Five minutes to, right. to a room full of comics. So it's like, you know, and John Trusen always said, play for the room you want to be in, not to the room you're actually in. Right. Like, you know, and kind of visualize that, which I did. And then when you get in front of that crowd, it's like, okay, I can now work new material or try something new in front of a real and get a real test for it. Right. So I think it made me that much stronger. And like you said, going on the road, if you, if you can kill here, yeah, you're going to destroy on the road because when you get out there, you've seen some of the audiences you get, you go to the middle of, you know, the suburbs in New Jersey or Pennsylvania or Ohio or wherever it is, and that Saturday night show, these people are really starving for the entertainment, yeah. and they're going to love you if you're funny, you well, know? you brought me on the road. I was probably a year or so in. Where did we go? I forget where that was. We were in Philly. Was that the Pickle Man? That was a Pickle Man gig. We did good. We were at Friendly's Catering Hall, and, but, like... That's when What's-His-Name came in, and, uh... What's his name? Eddie, no, that was a set. That was a set. That was a different one. Night. Okay, but we'll get to that. That's another funny story. Friendly, the guy died. By the way, did he really? The guy that owned the joint. The nice guy that owned oh, the joint. Oh man, that guy was really a couple nice. years ago. A couple years ago. 
But like what I'm saying is like here I, I come from Long Island. I'm coming into an even more hostile environment. I mean Philly's. It was just it was a suburb of Philly. Just suburb. Of, but these yeah. they boot Santa Claus. These people. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was a rough. That those people started drinking at like three in the afternoon, and the show didn't start till nine thirty. It was so. like a firehouse gig times ten. Yeah, it was, it was like, a catering hall in the, in a basement. In uh, but it kind of but performing. But I otherwise I would have been lost. But no, the gig we did was at another place. It was actually a really nice place um, by the water at, on Philly. And Gino from Gino Steaks came. Oh, down. I remember this kid. Yeah, Gino Steaks. And so afterwards, Gino's like, "Come by." Yeah, I'm friends with Gino, so he invited us back because he has Gino Steaks, you know, the cheesesteak place in Philly. The only only place to go in Philly, Gino Steaks. It's Gino's and Pat's. You got to go to Gino's. Got to go to Gino's. So Gino says, "Come on, I'll treat you guys." <laughs> and he treat, he puts out samplers, six inch subs of everything he makes in the store. Just but brings it out to, to us me? on a tray. Yeah, <laughs> and so he at the time was dieting. Another t- yeah, as always. I've always and he says. I don't know if I can eat this. How many calories is this? And he goes, it's only six calories. And he goes, no. Well, guys. He goes, there's only six points on Weight Watchers. Oh, yeah. He goes, and I was like, really? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, I, guys, I've been doing WW on and off forever. Um, I was always on and off. Like Ziegler tells a funny story. He told him when he was on the podcast. Time, one of the times I was back on, um, I was talking to him on the phone. And I pulled him to like Wendy's. I'm like, I'm just going to get a salad and a potato. And he, I think I mute him, and I don't. I'm like, can I get like two double cheeseburgers, fries? No, like I want like <laughs> you want half them. I'll just take the left side of the menu. Left side of the menu, bag it, and he goes, uh, you know, I'm not on mute. I'm like, oh, he got me. Like, <laughs> like, that's funny. So yeah, I mean, but like, talk, going back to the whole crowd thing, like the first real gig I did that was really outside of New York, I did the Asheville Comedy Festival. Yes, I don't. I wasn't there with you, was I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's when we had the. Uh, what did we have at the bar afterwards? We used to go there for the we mac had, and cheese and the, the mac uh, and cheese hot dogs. Yeah, mac and cheese hot dogs, man. which were amazing. But banging. Like, I got on the show that was at the theater, five hundred people. Like, and yeah. that's like I'm f- four years into comedy. That was a that was a great show. And thrown in front of that crowd, like five hundred people, Saturday night, right? The big crowd. It was no, it wasn't the Saturday. What, it was the, the Friday or the Thursday. The, I think it was the Thursday night because I that I left Friday because I. I don't either. I forget which one of the days. You left was, right before the weekend. The big show that I had was Saturday yes, night. I had to get back. Right, and you drove like an idiot. Not an idiot. That's twelve hour drive. There's reasons why I drove at the time. It's an hour and fifteen. One, I was almost two hundred pounds heavier, and I couldn't. I didn't want to okay. get you know buy two seats on an airplane. Right. Thanks for you. thanks for bringing that out, Mom. I'm sorry. You know, the, but well, now this is the podcast talk about it. Hey, it's a weight watch. Now I flew. I got. On, I flew to Florida. Exactly. So now you're doing good. So do, keep it up. Hopefully, do gigs in Del Boca Vista. Del Boca Vista. Yeah, but no, I, I drove there because I wanted to have a car because I wanted to be able to go. If I wanted to go someplace, I don't want to rely on somebody else to. I hear you. To get around places, it was a nice drive. It's a nice drive. Listen, I like being on the road sometimes for that. I drive to Myrtle Beach every year. I just was there in March, and my wife goes, "Why do you drive? Why do you drive?" I go because. The airport's an hour and a half away, yeah. and you have to rent the car because the club is 20 minutes away from the condo. So you need you a stay. car anyway. And you got to go grocery shopping because you stay at a condo with a kitchen and full yeah. of everything. So you got to get your food for the week and all that. I need my car. So I drive down. It takes me 10 hours, but it's a nice drive. I do it in two days. I do oh, I do like six hours one day. I stop, get a cheap motel, and I then went, I do four hours the next day. I did the whole thing. I can't shot. do that anymore. I'm getting old. One shot. It was great. Yeah. Uh, can't do that anymore. I was, I was younger then. I if was. I don't have a show that night, I could do it. But if I have a show that day, I have to split yeah. it up. I was 35. I was uh, in the prime of my life. Yeah, that was... <laughs> it's true. I was, now I'm going to be 42. It's, <laughs> yo, ooh, I'm going to be 49 this year. 49? Yeah. Wow. Old, so man. You were, you were younger than I was when we first met. 
Like we met you like eleven years I, no, ago. I was still older than you when we first met. No, no, no. But I'm saying, <laughs> no, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Well, the way you said it sounded like I was younger than you no, were when we met. I'm saying when we first met, you were younger than I am now, which is crazy to me. When we first met, I was probably in my thirties. Yes, which yeah. is why did I not look at my thirties then? No, screw you. you. Always look the same. You always that's good then, right? Yeah. So I always, always look old. No, at all. But like you know, when we first eleven years ago, yes. So that's to do the math. Yeah, thirty eight. I'm forty eight right here. So I was like thirty seven, thirty thirty. Yeah, like thirty seven. Insane. It's insane. Yeah, when we did that, um, that pilot, you know, for that show re- that, that yes. went nowhere. That was what twenty thirteen. Yeah, and you, with a bad attitude, you said it in that thing too. Because it worked. Way. It worked for that. It worked for that. Like, yeah, they take him under my wing. Bad attitude on that kid. Like, it's ingrained in my head. He <laughs> had a bad attitude. It just all said the same thing. He said, but, good, good kid, bad attitude. <laughs> they, didn't have, they didn't put his part in the trailer. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I remember one thing you didn't want to do, which I always tell the story about you, too. Um, in, the, in, the, in the reality show pilot, my character was a pathetic loser who can't get girls and who gets picked on by everybody. Realize I break the balls. You know, that's right. what they were wrong about. Anyway, so in one of the scenes, they, they which reality TV is nothing. There's no reality about this yeah, TV. They tell you what this, to do. This is more scripted than anything I've ever seen. So one of the scenes was I go up to a girl after a show. I ask her for her number. She says, no, I have a boyfriend. Then you come in and get the number. And right. you told them you didn't want to do that. Because that's a scumbag move. You're like, I would never do that to him. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, to that's him. what I'm saying. Like, I always tell that story. And like, at that time, I was kind of, you know... I had a lot of ladies then, and I was, you know, before yeah. I was married, and you know that was the that was the, you know, the joke at governors with me, you know, he's yes, taking cocktail waitresses two at a time, like you know, he's Godfather, full, full the Fredo, right? So <laughs> I, but I said no, I don't want to do that because that that looks that makes me look like a, a real jerk, and I wouldn't do that to him anyway. So yeah, uh, so I always tell that story, you know, I, a nice thing you did because it was think about it, we were shooting a TV show, it was, it was no, but it was based on reality. Um, I guess people would have got that impression about you as well, though. Right. And it would have looked cruel. And that's just, I'm not cruel like that. I would yeah. never do that. But there was one scene where you guys, they, in the, I'll in break the, your balls, but I don't want to well, be mean to you. the pilot, you and Star are like, go talk to him. I'm like, what's yeah. the point? Like, just go talk. I had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which that actually used to happen at the clubs. You get, but I would like, you know, uh, the owner used to get so mad. One night he bought, um, this is recently, he bought drinks for a girl who's, uh, after the show, she was talking to me. I wasn't interested at all. And um, he goes, no, but come over. He goes, well, he set them up with drinks and everything. And he thinks he's like do- hooking me up, but I'm just like not interested. And so she goes to me, she goes, um, are you, st-? so in your act, you said that you're single. I go, yeah, I'm single. She goes, do you want that to change? I was like, nope. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. oh you should have just played nice. I don't want to. All right. If you're not in the mood, you're not. If it's not working out for you, it's not working Sometimes out. Sometimes I get, well, I guess it's like kind of like weight loss too. You get like so sick of like dating and everything else. It's like, ugh. yeah, you got to get back in there, man. Uh, I don't know. Come on, you don't yeah. want to always. You don't want to. You don't always cook your own pork medallions. What medallions? Whatever they are, roast loin or whatever oh, you eat. Smoke the pork loin. Yeah, yes, sometimes right. you want you to share that with somebody. You want to have a nice romantic glass of wine and dinner with the wife and the girlfriend. I don't actually. Yes, no. you do. No, I'm. I, it's I go back and forth with it. You're, yeah. you're young enough. You meet a girl. I'm not young enough. But you no. meet a girl ten years younger than you, no. and you get a nice family started. I don't. I'm not, I don't want kids. Oh come on! You love your nephews. I do. Yeah. So you wouldn't want little Anthony running around? No, not at all. See, we got to talk. We'll talk. It was almost over. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah. Conversation. Oh, that's right. Wow. Where did the time go? Where did the time go? That's the third period well, already. Well, like, I'm sure the, the audience knows where the time went. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're like, how long is this show? I thought it was going to be fun and entertaining. It has been fun and entertaining. Mark Hirschman got a kick out of it. Hirschman's listening? I don't know if he still is, but he commented a little bit. Oh, okay. We'll have to check the comments later. He said, no, I can see both of you. This is terrific. Great show, guys. And he goes, great Kevin James story, Ant. He get, he's mad at me because I, I harass him on social media. You harass who? Hirschman. Yeah, but he's funny on social media. No, he's not. I, my wife loves him. See, that's the thing. The, everybody likes it. He gets in his head like he's the same. I don't know. I'm not going to get into this. There's something mean on here, and I'm not going to do it. I, I love Hirschman. Don't get me wrong. He's a good man. He is. Um, and, I, I, you know, we actually hung out at his house a couple of times during the pandemic. We had cigars at his. Uh, that's right. With the big Anthony Stabile. From, yeah. From Naira. And he hasn't had his back, so uh, that kind of well, it got cold. Way. We I, even, uh, you know, Anthony will text him and say, you know, we we got to get together, whatever. And then Hirschman will text me because we're older now. Yeah, Hirschman's like, it's got to be sixty five degrees or more. Or I'm not going out there because it's just you, we get cold. <laughs> well, you know what? Now that I've lost weight, I get cold. You get chilly. Yeah, and also because you're in your forties. No. Yes. Wait. It gets worse. No, I lost weight. Wait five more years when you and need the eyeglasses, like I like I need. All right, Chris, you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, chrismontylive.com. Yeah. You can check out all my upcoming dates. I got lots of dates coming all over the Northeast, uh, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, throughout the summer. Uh, I'm going to be putting up a, a Borgata Atlantic City date soon, as soon as I get one. They told me I'm getting one, so I'll put that up. And um, and just keep following me here on uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pony Express. Your yeah. sister's rear end. Is that, is that at Chris Monty Live? Is that all across the board? Like Twitter is the same thing? Twitter is, I don't even know what my Twitter is. I don't know what Twitter is. Yeah. Instagram, don't worry about Twitter. Instagram, in, Instagram is where it's at. Instagram is my favorite, my favorite platform. Me too. So Instagram and Facebook is Chris Monty so, or Christopher Monty. Check me out there and, um, and ChrisMontyLive.com. Thank you for having me, man. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show tonight. Uh, really enjoyed having Chris on. And everybody listening at home on your podcast listening devices, the podcast is available at www.podcast.podbean.com. As well as on iTunes, and while you're there, please do not forget to five-star rate and review. I love sharing and posting the reviews from the best podcast listeners out there. The podcast each week will be live, though, on Instagram at ComicAnthonyD, as well as on Facebook. We are played in and out each week by Hollow and their single, Something to Believe. My best friend Nick wrote this song. You can check it out on iTunes, and while you're there, check out his new band, Demon Scar. They're dropping music each month. Also go to DemonScar.Bandcamp.com. Long Island, only one place to go for your deli needs. That's Finn's Deli, 4646 Merrick Road in Massapequa. Tell my brother Mike you heard the plug on the show and then get yourself an Uncle Cheese. It's the best sandwich out there. Not just because it's named after me. It really is that good. You ever had the Uncle Cheese now? It's good. What? Does it go with me? I'll have to go with All you right, one we'll day. we'll go and dig Uncle we'll Cheese. We'll go. We'll do, we'll do lunch. Look at that. I brought Chris right back in. <laughs> Once again, everybody, thank you so much for joining me for episode 174. Bonus episode coming this Wednesday. You can get that at the Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on the live feed and at home listening on the podcast listening devices. I will talk to everybody next week. Have a good one.